Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted! Intercepted! DJ Rodgers in the end zone for the touchdown! Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, all Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and you can find my writing at Dairyland Express. I am joined, as always, with my good buddy Tyler, a.k.a. T. Plush. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth, and you can find his writing at Reviewing the Brew. As always, you can find all of our content on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And on Facebook and Instagram, and then also on YouTube, the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast there. The Packers blow out the Chicago Bears in a big Sunday night football matchup, 41 to 25. Before we start recapping this game, Tyler, how are you doing? You know, for almost 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, I'm doing quite well. I am pleased with the way the game went. This is obviously not what either one of us predicted, and it's for once in a good way. So we can definitely walk into a victory Monday Monday with our swagger walk in and, and be happy the rest of the week because this was an awesome game. Well, if anyone knows me, they know I do not have a swagger walk. So <laughs> there, there won't be any of that from me. Um, now, if I was Jair Alexander, I'd have some swagger. If I was Darnell Savage, I'd definitely have some swagger going into victory Monday. Let's get into this game, Tyler. I want to talk... Like we always do, we each come up with some talking points. Before we get to that, though, I want to do our game summary. So I'm just going to run through kind of drive by drive what happens. Obviously, first drive for the Packers go down 14 plays. Just a very methodical drive for a touchdown. And Mason Crosby surprises us with a missed extra point. Bears go down and really they move the ball well. But that move the ball well was one play, 57 yards up the middle. David Montgomery with a big run um, on their second play from scrimmage. And then they stall out and, and kick the field goal there. Packers get the ball back, score a touchdown. Bears get the ball back again, move the ball a little bit, get 41 yards. And Mitch Trubisky tries to take a shot and throws it to his receiver, Darnell Savage. Or at least that's what it looks like. Um, Moving ahead, Packers get the ball back from that and go 80 yards and a touchdown on that one. First play of that drive was an incompletion to Devontae Adams in the middle of the field. And I told my girlfriend that I think if he threw that better, that's a touchdown. And then, like, a couple minutes later, I checked Twitter. And Matt Schneidman, who's at Lambeau Field for this because he's a reporter, said – if Aaron Rodgers 
puts it in stride. Devontae Adams has an 80-yard touchdown there. So that was a little disappointing. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't see any replays to really confirm that. Um, so one of the only bad plays by Aaron Rodgers in this game. I thought he had a nice game. Next drive for the Bears, three plays, negative 11 yards, and that was the fumble return for a touchdown from Preston Smith. Um, Zadarius had the sack fumble there. Then Bears get the ball back after that. They go down pretty convincing drive to end the half. Um, 14 plays, 87 yards for a touchdown. Packers get the ball one play. They run it. Nothing going, so they go into the half. Then Bears punt, Packers punt. Mitch Trubisky throws yet another interception to Darnell Savage. They replayed that, um, I think, after the commercial break. And he had, I believe, Allen Robinson coming across on an in route on that play. And it looked like he predetermined his throw a little bit and threw it to a guy that was triple covered instead of the guy that was open. Um, I think Bears fans know that all too well and throws, again, that interception to Darnell Savage. Packers respond by getting a touchdown. At that point, it's 34-10, to 10, pretty much over. Bears get the ball back, go three and out. It took them a whole 21 seconds to get zero yards on that drive. Then Packers get the ball, score a touchdown, and it's definitely over at that point, 41-10. to 10. And then, of course, we see the Packers put it in park and... The Bears get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it semi-respectable, but still wasn't even that close. In between those two, the Packers had five plays and punted the ball, and then they did do a good job of ending the game. And on eight plays, 30 yards um, to ice the game there. So let's get into our talking points now, Tyler. What is your first talking point from this high-scoring, surprisingly high-scoring game from the Packers? <laughs> yeah, high-scoring is, I think, where I want to start. So let's start with the offense in this game. You mentioned the great first half they had, and it's crazy to think about. They only had three offensive drives getting rid of you know the, <laughs> the one run before halftime in the first half. But, I mean, they were so efficient. They picked up five third-down conversions in the first half, one fourth-down conversion, which obviously helped with those three touchdowns. And throughout the duration of the game, they had five different Packers score touchdowns offensively. Of course, Preston Smith had the one on defense then. So just a very well-rounded game by everyone. I mean, we saw some great play calls like that. That play-action boot to Mercedes Lewis was just way too easy. That almost what looked like, I thought it was going to be a broken play, but it was more like Lazard was Rodgers' third option, wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. Of course, Devontae catches the first one of the game. He continues to do what he does. And then you have that big Bob, or big toss to Bob Tanyan, or Tanyan, excuse me, um, for a touchdown as well. So, I mean, this is what you you did not expect this against a really good Bears defense, and a lot of credit goes to Matt Lafleur. He called a hell of a game today, and everyone was involved. Yeah, I I agree, and I think the nice thing after seeing it happen against another good defense in the Colts, which I think we can start to question if that's a good defense now after their game today, but I think the big question going into halftime and I saw it on Twitter a few different times from a few different people was 
okay, are they going to shut down now? Are they not going to be able to score like they did last time? No, they came out in the third quarter, scored two more touchdowns. I really do not care at all in the fourth quarter that they didn't score. One of them was a five play and a punt. The next one, they ended the game. So to me, the offense punting once in the fourth quarter and not scoring is completely fine because they weren't trying to score at that point in the game. It was over. Um, and I I liked the overall performance. There was there was no one really that completely stood out in this game, right? You mentioned the five touchdowns offensively. All different players got those five touchdowns. You know, you mentioned Tunyon's, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and then Jamal Williams rushes one in. And the interesting thing is the past few weeks, you know, Aaron Jones hasn't really gotten in the end zone. He's a guy that has a nose for the end zone, and he hasn't gotten there recently. Uh, actually, I think he did have one against the Colts, but it just seems like that slowed down a little bit. But in this game, he was very effective running the football. 17 carries for 90 yards 5.3 yard average um, and nothing insanely long. You know, he broke one for 16, but it was pretty consistent, you know, five yards at a time. There was a few plays where he got stopped right at the line of scrimmage, but for the most part, it was positive yards all the time for both of the running backs, which was really nice to see. Jamal Williams didn't have much in the first half, uh, but they kind of changed when the game was in hand. They gave him the ball as the more hammer back and, Let's finish this out with Jamal Williams type of thing. Um, overall, I thought the Packers were excellent offensively. Very, very good. I mentioned just two punts in this game. Um, and then the two end-of-half possessions, those are the only two times that the Packers did not score. And I think more importantly, did not score a touchdown. Tyler mentioned the third down conversions, especially in the first half. The Bears are one of the best defenses in the league and getting teams off the field in those situations. That's why they've won five games, or a big part of it. And also their red zone defense has been very good. And the Packers were just like, yeah, but we're better. Um, and, and they kind of proved that. I think a very big reason for that is Akeem Hicks. I love Akeem Hicks, even though he's a Bear. He is very, very talented, a very, very good player. Um, and that's a huge loss for that defense. But to me, I was very impressed with this Packers offense because they just they didn't care. They got to third and longs. They converted them when they got to fourth downs, which I saw something on Twitter during the game that Matt LaFleur in situations that the analytics say go. Matt LaFleur goes for it the most often. So definitely something that was a little bit of a question mark. Could the Packers, you know, if they are in those situations, can they get it against this team? And they definitely went out and did that. And that was definitely awesome to see from this Packers offense. It certainly was. And you mentioned Hicks. I mean, they ran the ball right where he would have been numerous times, which, you know, it, I would like to beat the Bears like this at full strength, which obviously weren't. Um, but am I glad Akeem Hicks was not playing? Yes, because that guy is a wrecking ball. So, you know, I'll take it. As for the running backs, you mentioned it. I find it interesting. They split the carry total at least 17 apiece there. They combined for 163 yards. I mean, 
that's just crazy good numbers against the Bears defense there. And then like Aaron Rodgers was just picking apart Buster screen all day. It didn't matter what receiver he was guarding. Uh, so I think that was good by him. And then I think the new little wrinkle that I saw in this game was they kind of used EQ in that like Tyler Irvin role, especially in motion a lot. And he got the ball a few times. I thought he made some questionable decisions in terms of like his cutbacks or where, where to actually cut with the ball. Like it was a couple of times he opted to go out of bounds rather than cut up field. Is he, you know, was he just not ready for the contact? Did he not just see it? I don't know. Um, so I think if Tyler Irvin's, you know, still on the mend, I think that's a good role for EQ. It, it somewhat gets him involved. He got a kind of lesser role player expending that energy on all that, all that motion. Um, but I, I'm happy with the game EQ played. It's a good building block for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see him have that role. Um, I definitely might have yelled at my TV um, on the one play in particular where he kind of got strung out, then he gets up the sidelines a little bit and then gets absolutely destroyed on the sidelines. I think it was from um, Floyd coming off the edge there. He came, he was unblocked and then got back in the play and just absolutely destroyed EQ. And I thought he could have had 20 plus yards if he just put his foot in the ground and cut up field instead of trying to go outside that wide receiver block. Um, but I feel like if that that's something that they're probably going to have the all 22 and say, now they're going to pause it right when he should cut it up. Right. And show him, this is what you have to look for. If this is going to be something that you're going to be used for, we have to get you used to being able to read defenses and know when to cut up the field. I thought overall EQ had a good game. Um, he did get some passes as well. Two receptions for 39 yards. Um, the one in particular, I believe, was on uh, a crossing route, and he got 24 yards on that one. That was the one that stood out to me. I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. But I thought he had a very good game. And even if it is, you know, just takes time to get him to be able to get better at running the football, and I think that will come if he continually is that guy that's on that jet motion type of action. He will get better at it. One thing I do want to mention is Matt LaFleur. Again, right after that seven yards from Equinemia St. Brown, who got a first down, we saw that same exact jet motion, and it looked like a called run play to me, but Aaron Rodgers saw the cornerback playing off of Devante and looked at it like they went back and showed Aaron Rodgers' eyes looked at it, snapped the ball real quick, and then threw it to Devontae immediately. Um, I do think that was a called run play. But Aaron Rodgers, noticing what was happening, gets it out the opposite way of the motion, and it's one-on-one out there. And and you're going to like your chances, especially with the cornerback playing off coverage there. I think Devontae got something like 15 yards or so on that. Um, It was a very good play. And actually, that might have been his long. His long was 15 in today's game. Um, But I thought just overall it was a good called game from Matt LaFleur. Clearly, you have to have a good called game if you're going to put up 40 on the Chicago Bears defense, even without Akeem Hicks. And I definitely think offensively, there was not much to complain about. I don't think anyone had bad games. You know, there was Devontae dropped the ball a couple times. Um, with that free play, I don't know how Devontae dropped that. Like that really 
I was so confused. And I think you mess- messaged the group chat saying, if you know, if this game was closer, I would be really mad right now. But um, at that point, it, it wasn't even much of a game at that point. So that was definitely offensively a very, very good game. So unless you have anything more offensively, let's move ahead to the defensive side of the ball, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think defensively you have to start with Savage. I mean, you mentioned the his first interception where it looked like he was more of a receiver, but, I mean, that play really showed his speed. Like, yes. he tracked uh-huh. that ball down. <laughs> like, it wasn't just like it was, oh, overthrown right to him. No, he <laughs> he hunted that thing down. So I think that was awesome. And then his second interception was a little bit awkward looking, but it was good to see him come through with those plays um, I mean, when you look at other like big guys on defense, you're going to go, oh, Preston Smith had a good game. Uh, I don't know. I guess he did, but the Bears' offensive line is terrible. So my, I am not having any confidence that this is going to be like a sign of things to come, uh, especially in the set category. The only thing I did feel like mentioning about Preston Smith, though, is he did a really exceptional job today in like the the QB option plays or like with Trubisky was in to keep it or not. And that could come in handy if he, you know, has a niche in that regard. Like if we have to play the Cardinals down the stretch or the Seahawks down the stretch, you think you're more mobile quarterbacks. Um, I'm trying to remember last year if, if that was something that Preston Smith was really excelled at. But today that really stood out to me. So like, yeah, in the playoffs, I guess if you come through for us in those moments, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's kind of what it takes, right? It, it's definitely not something, like you said, with this offensive line that we're going up against in this game, it's not something that I would have been overly impressed by. You know, his stat line and obviously had that big touchdown on the fumble recovery. But, you know, I think for the most part, there there is nothing – impressive about this Bears offensive line but at the same time if this is a game to just kind of get his confidence and get his swagger back to start playing a little bit better then awesome let's start to see that a little bit more and that's something that we'll definitely have to look for but you're right Tyler I am not going to be looking at this game and saying okay Preston Smith is back because that is not at all what I'm saying Um, but it's a nice step and hopefully we continue to see him make some steps closer to the player we saw last year. And Zadarius, I, I mean, for this offensive line, I thought he would make a little bit more of an impact. He did have three quarterback hits, so it wasn't like he was obsolete or anything. And he did obviously have that sack fumble. But he didn't, like, impress me that much. Um and again, again, against this offensive line, I kind of expected a little bit more, but he played well enough. Um, I think for the most part, when the Bears offense was clicking, it was Mitch Trubisky getting the ball out very quickly. Um, and when it wasn't, he was holding the ball. That's when the sacks came. And that's also, it seemed like when the interceptions came. Uh, so to me, I don't think there was anything bad in regards to the Smith brothers. Um, but I would have liked to see a little bit more, but also I'm not complaining because you took, take away the garbage time points and it's a 41 to 10 victory 
for the Packers. So just very, very good stuff there. The one thing I do want to mention, and this is something we could probably mention every single week, is tackling, right? This team cannot tackle. Flat out cannot tackle. You know, running backs can make a move and guys 10 yards off are being thrown off so much that they can't back can't get back and make the play. Or just flat out, when they have someone wrapped up, they can't finish the tackle. You know, there's times where it's third and 10, they go underneath and they get the first down. And it's not just this game. It's definitely not just this game. It's something that's been trending the last few weeks of just can't get off the field, even if they throw it underneath. They're, the Packers defense is playing to let them throw it underneath, come up and make the play. Well, that doesn't work when your team can't come up and make the play. So at some point we need to start changing that because Mike Patton needs to realize this team can't do that. So let's find a different way to attack third downs because yeah, there's times where they might actually throw it to the sticks and get the first down, but it seems like on those long third downs or even long second downs, you know, you get a team, they have a offensive holding, you get them in second and 20, they do a little check down a screen Something, you know, wide receiver screen, they get 15 yards and then it's third and five. And then it is hard on the defense if you get them in third and five. So that's something that needs to improve. And I I really don't know if it will. Um, And that's the biggest concern for me about this football team is being able to get off the field on third down. Now, they have continued, at least recently, started to get a little bit more opportunistic, which is great. And with this offense, maybe that's all we need. But at some point, we're going to go up against good offenses, and the tackling needs to get better. And I guess if we don't know by the Tennessee game, we are going to find out how terrible our tackling is because Derek Henry is on a heater right now, and I don't think there is a single Packer that is going to be able to tackle that man one-on-one. Oh, man, you had to go with tackling. (laughs) (laughs) I think the uh, the defensive coordinator's name is actually Michael Petten. I think we established that last podcast there, Trev. So <laughs> got to correct you there. Um, you know, tackling is interesting. Like, I feel like at this point, it's who the Packers are. There is no correcting it. But there are, like, a few guys I trust. Like, I, Jair, I, I trust him tackling in space. Amos, maybe 50-50. Eh. And then Raven Green has shown some flashes, especially the last couple weeks, um, but he hasn't been all that consistent in it. So, I mean, limiting, you know, you mentioned Derrick Henry, which obviously just scared me half to death. Um, Limiting the big runs is obviously going to be a big part of that. And you look at David Montgomery's big run today on that first drive, 57 yards. If you go back, because you'll go back, I know you will, and watch all 22 of that, I think it was the Bears' left guard just went untouched and right up blocked Kamal Martin. There was nobody, like, the safety was the closest player to Montgomery at that point. Like, how on earth that happens? Is it you just don't have enough people in the box? Is somebody not going to the right gap? I I don't know, but those types of runs are going to kill us against those heavy run teams like you're talking about. Um, So with the combination of not being able to tackle and, I think our run defense responsibilities, we got to figure that shit out. Otherwise we're going to get destroyed. Like you said. Yeah. 
I mean, there's definitely that game in particular uh, coming up on the schedule is a little bit scary. But I think the good part for the Packers, if you look at the NFC playoff picture, there's not a lot of teams that are going to demolish you in the run game. The NFC least, who cares who makes it out of that division? No one's going to beat us in that division. Um, The NFC West, as of right now, it looks like Seahawks and Rams. Seahawks running the ball, they don't really scare you. It's Russell Wilson that's going to scare you there. The Rams, they do run the ball and they use play action. So maybe that's a team that can exploit us there. Um, Probably not going to be any other NFC North teams coming out into the the playoffs. Um, If there is one, it's probably going to be the Vikings. Hopefully... You know, they do have a little bit of a tough schedule coming up. Um, They have some games that they can win. Also, they have the Saints and Buccaneers coming up. So if they lose those two games, is an 8-8 team going to get in? I don't think so. So um, if they're not in, they're not a team that can exploit us. And then the Saints with Kamara, yeah, the underneath passing game can definitely hurt us. Um, Buccaneers... A lot of their stuff, they're throwing down the field, and the Buccaneers destroyed us in one game. But I think if they come out and play well, the Buccaneers have showed us that they are not that team every single week, and they're a very inconsistent football team down there in Tampa. So, And they're 7-5 and five now, and they're kind of trending in the wrong direction. So to me, there's there might be a few teams in the NFC playoffs that can hurt us in that way. But it's not like the Titans. It's like I said, I don't think the Vikings are going to make it. Vikings are a team that scares me just because of Dalvin Cook. But there isn't a lot of teams moving forward in an impactful way. You know, maybe the Titans make the the Packers lose the number one seed or whatever it happens to be. But there isn't a lot of teams coming up, or at least in the playoffs, that I think can make a big impact on that. One thing I do want to mention, I was talking about the Saints. David Montgomery, this is one of the plays I was talking about. It's Granted, it's first and 10, so it's not like third down getting off the field. But this is their first touchdown drive for the Bears. It They have the ball at the 16-yard line. Again, first and 10, 43 seconds left in the half. Coming in, no huddle. Mitch Trubisky passes it to David Montgomery, which is basically a screenplay, but there's no offensive lineman out there. And David Montgomery makes one cut and makes three, or maybe there was two cuts, um, but he does make three Green Bay Packers miss and gets 13 yards on the play. The first one, I can't remember who was supposed to be covering him. I think it was Raven Green. Yep, it was. (laughs) And then Jair Alexander looked like he was about to run to the pylon as David Montgomery comes up, cuts up the field. And Adrian Amos, who does make the play, kind of did the same thing Jair did, but not as extreme, and he was farther back, so he was able to make the play. But 13 yards down the field, that's something that needs to be bottled up where he caught it. Um, And yes, he did make a good play, but also defense, come up, break down, let him dance there for a little bit, and then go make the tackle. You don't have to be flying in there to try to, you know, cause a fumble or anything like that. Just come up, break down. Get your hips in front of them and make the play. You don't have to be playing hero ball. Come up and make solid tackles. Even if that allows them four more yards, that's better than 13 more yards because that's something that concerns me. 
And if they do meet the Saints in the playoffs, that's something that's scary because Alvin Kamara showed us on that 52-yard screenplay. I still have nightmares about that play. They need to they need to get better at the tackling. I don't know if that's uh, Michael Patton needs to change his scheme up a little bit. I don't I don't know what that all entails, or if they just need to do a whole day of tackling dummies to learn how to wrap up. I don't know what it all entails, but Tyler, do you have anything else on this football game? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, other than the accolades of Roger getting past 50,000 yards and then the 500 catches for uh, Devontae Adams uh, in what the quickest in Packers history by a game. So um, I think those shouldn't go unnoticed. Um, you don't see those every day. So congratulations yeah. to both of those guys. Yeah, I think Devontae did it in 95 games yeah. for his 500th career catch. And then Aaron Rodgers becomes the second fastest by pass attempts um, to 50,000 career yards. And that was behind Ben Roethlisberger was the only guy ahead of him for that or got there faster. So that's some good company. Both of those players are in. And yeah, that little graphic that NBC showed about Devontae Adams and putting up some of those other wide receiver names in, in Green Bay history was definitely interesting. One thing I do want to mention, this Vikings situation, we were both pissed that the Panthers couldn't close that game off today, but I think this is actually good that the Vikings keep winning. They, if before the Packer game, I think they were in line for like a top five pick. They had like one win before the Packer game, right? They were in line for a top five pick. That team getting a top five player, now they're going to be close to like 15, 16, 17, 18 with their draft pick. They And I don't, I don't think, even if they make it into the playoffs, that team is not winning a Super Bowl. That team's not getting to an NFC championship. That team is not good enough for that even though they are on a nice little run right now, you know, them playing this well is probably helping the Packers. And if the Lions can manage a win here or there, now they got rid of Matt Patricia, so maybe they're just going to be better, you know, addition by subtraction there. But to me, these teams, you know, the Bears started off 5-1, and one, you know, that makes them – you know, they get one more game, they're probably going to be somewhere in between that 11 to 18 pick. And the Vikings, if they keep win, win the games that they should coming up, they're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. And maybe they sneak into the playoffs, but also maybe they get the, you know, 17th pick or whatever pick is going to be right before the playoffs. So that's something to monitor there. Like, I think the Packers, not that it's statistically locked up, but I think the Packers probably have the North locked up. As long as the Vikings don't get in, because I think that they're a team that scares me a little bit in the postseason, again, just because of Delvin Cook. They're a team that, yeah, you can win eight games as long as you don't get into the playoffs. Fine, keep winning games, keep getting worse draft picks. That's fine with me. Um, even though they spent, you know, what whatever it was, the. 22nd pick or whatever and got the one of the best players in the draft in Justin Jefferson that that guy 
might win Rookie of the Year over Justin Herbert because he's been that incredible. And I've had enough Vikings talk for the day. I am ready to go to bed. So that is going to be it for us this week. Um, Make sure you guys come back and check us out on Thursday. We will be previewing the next game for the Green Bay Packers, and that is against the Eagles. As of right now, that is a 325 game for some reason. Um, So make sure you check that out again on Thursday. Best way to find all of our content, again, at Trilogy underscore pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also find us on YouTube, the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. And until next time, go Pack Go! GPG!